With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, five fans. This is Jenna J, and I'm welcoming you to the 234th edition of On the Ropes Boxing Radio. And I have a great show in store for you guys this week because it's fight week. Mayweather versus Pacquiao. It is actually going to happen this Saturday night. And as you can tell, I'm very excited about it because when you've done a show as long as I have, and I've been doing this since 2008, and you said the words Mayweather and Pacquiao and them possibly fighting each other all these years, all these shows, all those articles, and it's finally going to come to fruition, you know, it's something you can definitely get excited about, and I'm sure all the fans are excited as well. Um, but for this show this week on Fight Week, I actually have a couple of guests for you. I'll be joined a little bit later by one of the best commentators in the world today. That's right. I'll be having the magic man, Polymar Naji. He'll be on to discuss Mayweather versus Pacquiao and also talk about his return to boxing. But to open up this week's show, I thought it would be only proper to have somebody that was fighting on May 2nd. And, you know, Mayweather and Pacquiao, they're not quite available right now, but I was able to get some that is fighting on the undercard. It's one of the featured fights. I'm joined for the very first time on On the Ropes Boxing Radio by Walter Waite, Sid Al-Harak. How's things going today, Sid? Everything's great. I'm just uh, finally finished up my last workout. All right, well, you're working out for a fight that you have coming up on May 2nd. You'll be taking on Christopher Pearson. So happens to be on the same day as Mayweather versus Pacquiao on the undercard. How do you feel about that opportunity? I'm like very, very grateful for this opportunity. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happy that they've actually gave me time to prepare for this bout. It's the first time, and I can't even tell you in how long that I've had six, seven, almost probably like six weeks notice that I will be fighting. Um, I found out May 19th, and, it, and that's probably like six weeks. Usually they call me, oh, you want to take this on two weeks notice, and I'll just have to turn it down, or maybe I do it and end up getting a draw or something. So, I mean, a fight of this magnitude is one of the biggest fights of the – it's probably the – it is the biggest fight of the century, one of the biggest of all time, and um, it's a blessing to be a part of it, and, I, and I, I'm looking forward to making the most of that day. And now, what do you think about your opponent, Christopher Pearson? Uh, he's 11-0. He's a southpaw. What do you think about him? You know, uh, I mean, I believe he has good skills. Uh, the, I've seen things about, I've seen things in him and some fights that I question other traits of his character. Like, I've I, I seen him doubt, being doubtful and, and, and question himself in fights. I've honestly seen that like, you, you could break his will if, you, if need be. Um, I think he's a. I think he's a good. He's a, he's a good little fighter. But eleven people look into the record. Eleven and 0, 11 and 0, But you got to understand is who. It's good. Anyone could be eleven zero. It's who you. Who have you beat? Like who have you knocked out? Who have you beat of any caliber to be one of these highly ranked fighters coming up in the boxing world? He hasn't beat anybody yet. He hasn't beat anybody yet. To, to, to about, he talks about as much as he talks about. I know a lot of fighters that are undefeated. Uh, that are in gyms every day just just training and no one's ever heard of him. But because he signed with Mayweather and Mayweather is such a huge name in boxing, 
course he's going to get that extra exposure and the extra talks, you know. Before him, it was JV on Love, and until JV on Love got knocked out, now it's Christopher Pierce, and then when he gets knocked out or loses, who's going to be the next one they're going to talk about, you know? So it's just it's just boxing. It's just a bunch of, bunch of nonsense to me, really. I'm not really big on the record. All right. Well, Sid, you're coming off of a little bit of a layoff. Do you expect any ring rust? I expect ring rust, of course, um, for the first few rounds. I do expect ring rust. I was supposed to fight August, um, like late August. I, I went to the weigh-in. I was supposed to fight Carson Jones. And um, I went to the weigh-in. He came in 11 pounds overweight, and I still we negotiated some more money. I was taking some money from his purse. I agreed to the fight, even though he was 65 and I was 54. And um, we were supposed to go ahead, and then the commission said to me they're not going to allow the fight. He didn't end up fighting, and then some. And then I had a lot of fights just full through. You know, just a lot of bad luck. Um, I, I took fights on short time, short, short time, and short notice. But then the other opponent they turns the fight down, and this is a lot of unfortunate things happened in my career. But you know, I'm glad it happened because look where I'm at now. Like I'm on the biggest spotlight in boxing history, and if there's any time to shine, it's now. You know. Yeah, now, you actually mentioned the big knockout boxing. Do you think you'll ever agree to, to be part of something like that again? You know, um, all right. We, I may be on the next one, uh, God willing. Um, um, I think I will. I'll definitely, I'll definitely, if they offer, offer me a fight on that show, I'll definitely like to be a part of that show. They're great people. I've never been treated as so well by anybody in the boxing, in the boxing uh, industry that I was in the BKB. They treated us very well, uh, money-wise, respect-wise. It was, it, was, it was a great, great experience. And um, um, I would recommend any fighter, if they had an opportunity, to go into the BKB and compete to do so. All right. All right. Well, Sid, you mentioned that records don't mean much about who you fought. And you yourself have fought some very good caliber fighter uh, ring with uh, Jesus Soto Carras. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your career in terms of the fights that you've had? I feel like I, I've never turned down a fight. I've always fought anybody that they've asked me to fight, unless it's on very, very short notice where I knew I couldn't make weight or I knew I, I wasn't fit. Like when I fought Soto Cross, I got that on three weeks' notice. Um, I fought my last guy, I fought on, on 11 days' notice, 17 and 2, on his promoter's card, and they gave me a draw. You know, um, politics has played a big role in a lot of my fights. You know, I need to. Take the fight in my own hands now. Like, not go for the knockout, but you know, work towards it when I'm in the ring. Don't look for it, but just work towards it and try to get that. Because you know, I don't worry about the fighter. I don't worry about the promoters or or anything. I worry about the judges. Like they, the judges. I worry about the judges, and I don't think a fighter should go in the ring fearing that they're gonna be robbed. You know, and I mean, that's my only fear. That dude, I don't know what these judges are thinking, or even if they're there, or they just sent their scorecards in. I don't. That's my only fear when I step into the ring. May second, these judges. Like, uh, hopefully, that they understand that both fighters have dreams, and we've both worked many years to get to where we are, and let the best man win, please. And that's that's the only thing I, that I've ever thought. But I don't think I've had a, I've had it easy in my career. I really don't. Like, I feel like I've. My first fight was against a guy that was two and one, but his only loss came by majority decision in the, to an undefeated fighter in his hometown. So I'm actually looking at a guy that maybe is three and zero, oh, you know. 
and he was 6'4 at 140. I never fought a guy that's 6'4 at 140, you know? It was like something crazy to me. I was like, what the hell is going on? This is my first fight? I was like, I can't believe it. I fought a guy that weighed 20 pounds heavier than me. I was 147. He was 167 at one time. You know, I've had, I've had, I mean, I've had, and they put me in there, and, and I, I just don't know how to say no, you know, at that time. I just, I'm just one of those guys that I got a lot of pride, and I got to be more, think more business-like, you know. I got to be smarter. So I, if any fighter out there, you know, put your pride aside and, and think, uh, is this beneficial for your career in the future? Great. Well, so let's talk about your preparations here, because you've actually had a wealth of boxing knowledge throughout your career. You've in the past worked with Floyd Mayweather Sr. You worked with uh, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad at one point. Now you're working with Eric Brown. Um, can you talk about the trainers that you've worked with in the past and talk about working with Eric Brown and what he's taught you? Yeah, um, it's funny because when you, if you go to train as a trainer, you know, each trainer puts a different kind of imprint into your fight game, you know. Like when I went to Eddie Mustafa, when I first moved to Vegas, when I first turned pro, um, I was more of a, like a, a boxer, you know, I was just coming out of the amateurs. You know how the amateurs are still amazing, trying to score points and, and get out there, and get in and get out, you know. Eddie turned me into a, a straight fighter. Like, obviously, I was still slick and I was still boxing at times, but I was aggressive. I was I was trying to hurt the person, you know. And um, Eddie's a great man. I love the guy. I love the guy, you know, and I always speak highly of Eddie Mustafa You know, he was more of a, a father figure in Vegas to me and stuff. So um, he told me more of a fighter, fighter. And then um, I went to Floyd Senior, and I went back to my using my jab, but still I had that. I was with Eddie for two years. That fighter in me still was there, and I didn't train that long with Floyd because I ended up moving back to Cali. And now we're, with Eric, we're back to working on my boxing because my best asset is my legs and my jab. and my, i got fast hands. And now we're back to working on our boxing game, being smart, being slick. And you can always sit and fight, you know, when you need to be. Like, like for Floyd Mayweather, and people always – Fashion always say that he's a runner. No, he's not. He's very smart. He's very educated in the ring. He's a great boxer. He's a great technician. But when he needs to be a dog, he could be a dog. I've seen it in the Shane Mosley fight and the Chuck Chuck Pauly fight. When they hurt him, he didn't run. He stood right there in front of them and he took it to them. You know, and that's when that's what I need to do is when it's time to be a dog, to be a dog. But until then, use your ring smart. And, and, and your boxing ability, because this game is about longevity, and the more you get hit, the less you're going to be in the game. Mm. So, and that's what Eric's trying to bring out of me, is more cut that macho stuff out and fight smart. And that's what we're doing. We're fighting smart. And I said you've been working in the wild card gym. What's that been like with all the craziness surrounding Mayweather Pacquiao? I'm, like, I'm so tunnel vision that, like, I don't even pay attention to the happy nonsense that goes on in the gym. Honestly, like there's a lot of spectators, there's a lot of there's a lot of hang around as you know what I'm saying. You know, uh, I just go in, I work hard and I get out. Like I don't want to listen to my coach. Uh, the only people I see is my coach and my team and my teammates, you know. I wish you know, I, you know, I wish every fighter the best, you know, like honestly, because it's it's a rough business just getting in the ring and fighting. I wish people knew how hard it is to even do what we do or go through what we go through to prepare for a fight instead of being on the message board, bad-mouthing fighters, you know, because it's easy to type something, but it's hard to actually go do this, you know. So, you know, I'm so tunnel vision that I don't even think about Mayweather Pacquiao anymore, even though I was so excited for the fight before I knew I was on the cards. I don't think about that fight. I don't think about nothing but, you know, my opportunity, my fight with Chris Pearson. And I'm working very, very hard. My whole team is working hard. And 
without them, there would be no me or, or, or what I'm at, where I'm at right now. All right. I will say, I know you're not thinking about that fight, but as a fight fan, I got to get your thoughts on it. Maybe with a Pacquiao, you'll be fighting the other card, obviously, but after that, you're going to probably try to find a seat, hopefully get a ticket. Who are you picking in that fight and why? You know, I always, I always, I know I train at Wildcard and Freddie owns Wildcard, but I always, I don't like to be fake and lie and stuff. I believe Mayweather is going to beat Pacquiao, maybe even a, a TKO. He's just too smart, too accurate, too precise. You know, Pacquiao lunges in a lot. He makes a lot of mistakes. You know, like I always tell people, like, you know, Marquez is a good counterpuncher. Pacquiao and, and Mayweather is a great counterpuncher. And every fight that Marquez had with Pacquiao was close. And a lot of debatable. It could have went either way. Floyd outclassed Marquez, and I love Marquez. He's a Hall of Famer, a great fighter, you know. Imagine what he's going to do to Manny. It's going to be, I think, I think, I think it's not going to be the type of fight people are expecting. If they're expecting an exciting fight, I believe it's going to be intense for four rounds. But after that, Floyd's going to figure him out and pick him apart like he always does to all his opponents. Now, Sid, they've been talking a lot about a knockout the Mayweather camp, especially Floyd Sr. He thinks that Pacquiao will jump in and get caught. Could you see a situation like that happening? Most definitely. Most definitely. I see that. I could definitely see that happening. I definitely see he called a check hook, a lead right. Um, I, he just lunges, he lunges too much. He makes, he makes too many mistakes. He makes too many mistakes. And Floyd is the type of person that you cannot make the same mistake over and over again, you know? Yeah, and it's like this is, and then you got to look at the last two fighters that Pacquiao's fought. You know, he fought Chris Algieri. That is, you know, to be honest, he's green. He really didn't even deserve the opportunity to fight Pacquiao. And he fought Brandon Rios, and all respects to him, but Brandon Rios was a moving punching bag in that ring. You know, now you're in the ring with the pound for pound king. He's not used to seeing that, and I don't care what sparring you get, the equivalent to Floyd Mayweather. And I've been sparring partners for people that fought Floyd, and I'm saying that, you know, like, no one is going to be as good and fast and accurate as this man. He's where he is for a reason. All right, well, Sid, I've got a couple more questions for you before I let you off the line here. Let's go back to your fight with Christopher Pearson. What do you expect from him? What kind of challenge do you expect? You know, I think he's going to, I don't know why, I feel like he's underestimating me. I don't know, I've come across a few of these interviews, and I, I feel like, he said, I hear him saying stuff like, oh, I'll be 15 and no, and this is the reason I'm not, this May 2nd, I'm going to show the people why I'm the next world champion, blah, blah, blah. It's good to be confident, but I don't like arrogance, you know? And I, and nothing fuels me more than an arrogant person. Nothing fuels me, because I, like I, like be, I like to be overlooked. I like to be doubted. I like the people to say that, oh, I'm going to lose. I, I enjoy that. that. I feed off of that, you know, and... I tell you what, he's going to get one fighter that's very, very passionate, and he ain't going to, I don't know, I'm the best fighter he's fought to date. I don't care who he's got on his record. I'm the best fighter he's fought to date, but he's not the best fighter I've been in the ring with yet. So I feel like this isn't the amateurs. You may have a good amateur pedigree. This is a pro game. I feel like it's going to be a chess game, but he better not show me any kind of doubt. He better not show me any time that I've hurt him, because if he shows me he's hurt or he shows me that, He's questioning the situation at the time. I'm gonna let the dog. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna become a beast in the ring, and I'm gonna try to get him out of there. I have no. I don't mind getting hurt. I don't mind a dog fight. I don't mind going down. A lot of people are counting on me, and I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to let my family down. I don't want to let anybody down. You know, my team. Um. So I'm gonna give it 
everything I've got, and I don't even care if I die, man. Let's go. I don't. I, I really have that kind of mentality right now. All right, all right. Now, Sid, what do you think a win over Christopher Pearson is going to do for your boxing career? A win over Christopher Pearson, man. You know, personally to me, it'll mean the world to me. You know, because my best friend, he died like five years ago, and to this day, I still think of him all the time. And um, he um. He always used to tell me that, like, like one day you're going to be fighting at the MGM and I'm going to be sitting in front row, you know. And, like, I know he's not going to be front row, but I'm, I know he's with me, you know. So, like, I owe it to him. Uh, what is your official prediction for May 2nd against Pearson? How do you expect it to play out? I'm not going to lose. I could tell you that right now. So I don't know if he's going to get knocked out or he's going to, he's going to lose a decision because one of the judges do the right thing. You know, God willing, I pray for that. You know, um, it's sad that I have to say this, but God willing, the judges do the right thing and be fair. But this man is not gonna, he's not gonna. I refuse to let this dude just think he. No, I refuse. I refuse. I won't allow it. You know, so he's not gonna beat me. That's my prediction. He's not gonna win. I know he, his soul and his heart and his will. And his mind is not as strong as mine. I know that one million percent. I could tell the world that I know that a million percent. He has great skills. He has good skills. I I like it. He's a good little fun. I like his skills. But his 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 soul is not even on the same level as mine. I already know. Yeah, well, Sid, I'm definitely looking forward to fight, especially after talking to you. In closing, you have fans out there. You have supporters. You have people that have been following you throughout your career. People that have supported you no matter what. Is there any message you want to pass along to them? Um. Yeah, I love it. I love them, man. I'm like seriously, like I never fight for me. I fight for people that want to see me win and do well and just support me all the time. I always think of them, you know. And if I win, I think of them. And if I lose, I'm down because of them. Like I feel like I let them down, and uh, I just want them to know that, like, man, without them, I, I would I still be even doing this, you know? Is, is that the reason why fighters even exist? Like why Mayweather is where he is? Why? why these fighters are doing it because it's just it's beautiful, you know, and I appreciate them all. Truly do. Like, I truly, truly appreciate them. All right. All right. Well, Sid, it's been a great pleasure having you debuting on the ropes. Thank you for your time, and I'm absolutely looking forward to your fight with Christopher Pearson, to your opportunity. It's on a big spotlight, so I know you're going to do well. Thank you very much, ma'am. I'm glad to be here. All right. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. All right, that was Sid Al-Harak talking about his fight with Christopher Pearson that is going to be on the undercard of Mayweather versus Pacquiao. All right, guys, you can tell by listening to Sid that, you know, he's not going there for a paycheck. He's not going in there as an opponent. He's going out there to win. And with the attitude that he has, he could very well pull off the upset. I know a lot of people are counting him out, not giving him a big chance in this fight, but as he said, who has Christopher Pearson fought? He hasn't fought the best guys out there, and Harak has already been tested. I mean, he's already been in the ring with some very tough, durable guys. He's taken fights on short notice, and, you know, he's had a full training camp for this fight here. So, you know, while the undercard isn't exactly, you know, throwing fans and people are going, man, I can't wait to see the next Santa Cruz fight, um, this particular fight on the card is actually very good. It's a very good matchup, and I think it's one that could actually be a very good fight. Uh, let's move things now to last weekend's fight because there was a noteworthy fight that took place and it's one I definitely want to talk about a little bit here. That's because the heavyweight championship of the world was on the line 
when Vladimir Klitschko stepped into the ring against undefeated American contender Bryant Bye Bye Jennings. Now, first I have to say this. I honestly didn't give Bryant Jennings any chance at all. I thought he was going to get docked within five, six rounds. I thought Vladimir was going to dominate the much smaller fighter. And, you know, early on it was looking like it was going to be just a completely one-sided fight where, you know, Bryant Jennings wouldn't be able to do anything at all. But, you know, after the fourth round, Brian Jennings actually started to land a little bit. He started to land some shots. He started to go to the body. And, you know, he was able to do a little bit better, especially since the referee was being pretty stringent on Vladimir Klitschko about holding, and it just made it, you know, a better fight. And we saw Vladimir Klitschko tested more than we have seen him in the last eight years. With that said, Vladimir Klitschko dominated the fight. In my opinion, he won nine rounds and he easily won a decision. So that just tells you how much of a dominant champion Vladimir Klitschko is. But the guy that is the most competitive with him in over eight years can only win three rounds with him. You know, can maybe hit him ten more times in the face than any other opponent that's faced him in recent times. So, you know, Vladimir is definitely a very special champion. I know he's 39 years old right now, but, you know, he doesn't exactly show it. I mean, he still looks dominant. You know, he's not as dominant as we've seen him in the past, but still, he's way better than anyone else out there, and I just can't see anyone out in the heavyweight division that can beat him. I mean, right now, I mean, his next fight is scheduled to be against Tyson Fury. That will take place sometime in the summer. I love Tyson Fury. I think he's great for boxing. You know, he can throw on some entertaining fights. He can put on some knockouts. He can certainly talk. He can even sing a little. But uh, I don't think he can knock out the heavyweight champion. I don't think he can beat Vladimir Klitschko. I think he'll just be another guy on the resume of Vladimir when it's all said and done because there's just really not that one guy that's going out there destroying everybody that people are, you know, saying can beat him. I mean, I know this Deontay Wilder. I know he's won every single one of his fights except for one by knockout. But, you know, he hasn't really fought anyone except for Stiverne. So he's a guy that's not really ready for that challenge at this point. So I think the only thing that's going to stop Vladimir Klitschko is time. You know, time catches up to everybody eventually at some point, and I think three, four years down the line, Vladimir might decline enough that somebody might be able to get the edge on him or catch him on an off day. But, I mean, you just look at his brother. His brother fought to the age of 42. He didn't show any significant signs of decline. He kept fighting on. He kept winning, kept not having any issues in the ring. And I think Vladimir's going to be the same way for a long while until both age and a younger, faster, better heavyweight comes out there and uh, surprises him. But, uh, you know, it was Definitely good to see the heavyweight champion back in the United States. You know, he hadn't fought since the Sultan of Bragamoff fight. And I think with his performance and the fact that it was a sellout crowd, we'll see Vladimir back here again, and hopefully he'll be in there with even more of a challenge. All right, let's move things now to my second guest of this week's show. And he's absolutely a returning one because he's now making his 12th appearance to On the Ropes Boxing Radio. I am joined by one of the best commentators in the game, former two-time champion, the magic man, Pauly Mahanaji. How's it been going today, Pauly? Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm doing very well. Happy to have you once again back on, on the ropes. And, Pauly, I think we should actually start things with your weekend activities. I saw you recently on HBO in the corner, a Saddam Ali. Uh, can you explain mm-hmm. what you were doing there? Yeah, I was just helping him out. Uh, you know, Andre Lozier is the head trainer. He does a very good job. But, you know, I was just... Uh, being there for just some support and just a, just a couple of little reminders and stuff. You know, I know Saddam's a little kid. Uh, first time I met Saddam, I was 18 and he was 10 years old. So, and he was a little kid who had just come out of the ring of one of his amateur fights in the gym I was training at. And 
you know, I've, I've met him and, uh, you know, I've, I've had a liking for him ever since, you know, and it's, it's kind of amazing how time flies and he's a grown man now fighting on big networks and big fights. So definitely makes me feel old, but at the same time, uh, I was happy uh, to do any little part I could to show my support because uh, I've been there in my experiences and uh, it makes me happy to be able to see a friend experience those some of those same great moments and, and understand them and, and see how he can enjoy them as well. All right. Now, he's uh, 26 years old. He's in the welterweight division. How far do you think he can go? Um, I think he proved last night that he has the character to hang at the top level. I think in the fight before that, he showed he had the, the ability to hang at the top level. So so I think Saddam is, uh, has a place among the elite in the welterweight division. It's just a matter of you know uh, continuing to make his rise up the ladder and get bigger and better names as he keeps going and, uh, you know, just, just do what, what you do in a boxing career. The more you win, the bigger fights you get. And I think Saddam's ready for all those big fights. It's just a matter of uh, of him uh, being able to get them and his team doing the right thing by him. All right. Now, that event was part of the, the heavyweight title fight. It was a packed Madison Square Garden. Um, what do you think of the main event between Klitschko and Jennings? Uh, I think Jennings had a pretty solid game plan. You know, Klitschko's a very difficult guy to beat. And I think uh, Jennings really showed some poise and some uh, some character in there and, uh, and some really good discipline as far as the game plan he had and uh, to be able to trouble Vladimir somewhat. But again, I mean, Vladimir is so difficult to beat. And, uh, and you know, again, people talk about how maybe he's not exciting and, and uh, all this other stuff, but effectiveness does not necessarily have anything to do with being exciting. So at the end of the day, his effectiveness is very, very difficult to handle. And uh, Vladimir is very effective, but give Brian Jennings some credit because he hung in there uh, better and longer than a lot of the other opponents. Now, Klitschko's 39. Paul, do you see anyone out there that can really compete with him? I don't know. I, I really don't know, you know. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy how he's uh, able to continue to last this long. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, we'll see we'll, we'll see what's out there, you know. I saw I, I Kubrat Pulev put up a good fight with him last fight. It was just, you know, he tried too hard and then went, ran into too many big shots, you know. I think there's some fun heavyweights out there. It's just uh, Klitschko kind of takes the sting out of them, so to speak, you know, and uh, nullifies all of them. You know, he's a very good fighter, very effective fighter, but he's not always exciting. I think some of the other heavyweights maybe competing against each other will make for fun fights. Uh, but Vladimir, for now, I, th- I don't know if anybody beats him. All right, Nepal, let's turn things to yourself because news recently came out that you will be returning to the ring. You'll actually be facing someone from my local area. You'll be taking on Daniel Connor. How do you feel about that matchup and just getting back into boxing? Um, you know, it's exciting for me to get back in and get back in the ring. Uh, you know, there's always moments where you miss it more than others. And uh, for me, you know, over the past year, I've had ups and downs as far as wanting to get back in or not, you know. And finally, I made this decision to come back in. And uh, Danny was the opponent chosen uh, when I got the call. And, you know, he's a, he's a, guy, a kid that I respect. Uh, you know, he's a pretty good fighter. Uh, he had a really good amateur career, and he's been looking for his big break. So it's, I was always... In the position to, I was always in a position where I was always going to say I was happy for Danny to, when he got his big break because he's a kid who works hard and he deserves it. But it just happened to come against me, so uh, I can't be too happy for him because I got to go out there and do my job and try to beat him. So, you know, hopefully it's a good fight. Uh, he's a solid competitor, and uh, I look forward to uh, being back in the ring May 29th. And now you said that it was a hard decision to decide whether or not you wanted to come back. What was the hardest part of dealing with that knockout loss to Sean Porter that? took you so long to decide to come back um well at first i had to get over the uh, physical uh damage of the fight so it took actually a few months to really get over the whole uh, concussion syndrome uh 
symptoms or whatnot. And, you know, I, I got over it, but, you know, it was still uh, the decision, do I really want to train that hard again for these kind of fights? Do I really want to be back in the gym consistently? Do I ever want to make weight again, you know, which is a real pain? Um, so at first, you know, it was just like, nah, you know. Then as time went by, I kind of started to miss it more. Uh, I would be in the gym here and there and, uh, you know, still kind of feel it, feeling pretty good and whatnot. Then I had to make a decision. I said, you know, do I have even the time to train for a fight, you know, because I work with so many different networks. I work with three different networks right now currently. So, you know, it takes up a lot of my time. I'm out of town almost every weekend, you know, sometimes longer. So, you know, a lot of my training would have to be on the fly, on the road, away from my trainers, you know, away from the guys who are, you know, taking care of me day in and day out because um, I'm in a different place every week. You know, I'm, I can't bring my team with me everywhere I'm going, you know. Otherwise, Campbell will be super expensive, you know. So, so you know, it's a situation where I had to make that decision and uh, see if I could really give it my 100% all uh, despite all these side distractions. And I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. I said, I'm going to give it a shot because I'm, I'm, I have the, the hunger to compete still. But uh, and then we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens in the fight. I feel like I, I mean, my training, I've been good. I, I was helping to Dom in uh, his camp. I was sparring him when I was in town, and so I, he, my conditioning is pretty good to go the rounds. I just have to be able to uh, deal with the southpaw. So I started some southpaw sparring this past week. And, you know, again, we'll try to make it happen. You know, I'm, I'm away in Vegas all week this week. You know, so so again, it's part of the dealing with the dilemma of training in different places, and you know, making sure I'm not distracted, and making sure I keep the focus on the training as well as of being responsible towards my other jobs, you know. So I'll see how things work out on fight night. I really feel confident I can pull this off. Uh, I've been feeling good in the gym um, when I've been training. And uh, we'll see. I may win the fight and say, you know what, I just don't want to deal with this again because it's been a headache. You know, I don't know. I mean, the month of May will really tell me a lot, you know. Uh, I, I'm in pretty good shape now. If the fight was tomorrow, the only thing I have to worry about is the weight. I have to get my weight down. But, but conditioning-wise, I can do 10 rounds right now, you know. Um, because I was helping to Dom throughout his camp and I was sparring a lot with him, you know. So it's just a matter of, of uh, really trying to get my weight down and uh, being able to stay on top of things and, and stay sharp over the course of the next month uh, despite all the travel. So we'll see. You know, um, I look forward to the challenge. I love challenges, uh, and I, I look forward to the challenge not just of Daniel Connor, but also of, of the challenge of uh, trying to balance out the schedule and, uh, you know, keep enjoying and loving what I do because to go through this, you have to love it and enjoy it because it gets pretty hectic. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Now, Polly, this is obviously what you would probably consider to be your last one of your career. What are you ultimately hoping to accomplish? Is there any particular side you're, you're targeting if you look good on the 29th? Um, no, just uh, just try to accomplish whatever I can. You know, um, I'm not really looking at one particular fight. You know, I had wanted to win the European title just for the sake of my grandparents and everything. Um, and that fight, the uh, Bronco, Gianluca Bronco, the uh, European champion, wasn't wasn't going to be ready until like midsummer. So I decided, you know what, um, let's just take a fight right now because I don't want to wait till midsummer. You know, so you know we, t- we ended up getting the O'Connor fight. But um, you know, things go well. Maybe uh, I'll still continue to try to the European Championship, and then maybe get to a big, a big fight after that. I really don't know. You know, I, I just like competing, you know. So it's really uh, just just satisfying that craving. It's really about satisfying that craving uh, while it's uh, still there, you know. And, again, like I said, I mean, to do it under these circumstances, you have to love it. So I know I love it because I'm putting myself through a lot of a very tight schedule over the next month. Now, this fight's going to be on network TV. The main event's going to be Amir Khan, Chris Algieri. One, what do you think about being a network TV? And two, what do you think of the main event fight? Yeah, Spike TV is a is a channel that goes into many households, so I, I look forward to uh, 
depending on the network. Uh, I think Khan Algeria is a big fight uh, for local New York area. Uh, Khan has a lot of fans here in New York. Chris obviously is from New York and, uh, you know, has come up the ranks through the years. And uh, he has a lot of fans. So uh, it's cool. It's cool to be a part of the show, me being a New Yorker as well. Uh, I feel like I belong on it, you know, so it's uh, it'll be cool. And Danny's also an East Coast guy, so I'm sure he'll have some fans come down from uh, the New England, the New England area. So I'm sure we'll pack the house and uh, make it exciting and uh, really, you know, get a lot of fanfare going. Now let's turn things to your hectic schedule because you are going to Vegas. You are there to cover Mayweather Pacquiao. How do you feel now that it's not just a reality; it's fight week. Yeah, it's pretty surreal as the fight's finally here. I think it's gonna. A pretty hectic week, uh, and I think it's probably going to be the kind of stuff that I've never seen in my lifetime. You know, live. You know, I've worked some big fights uh, throughout my couple of years that I've been broadcasting, but I think this one will definitely take the cake. This event will be one one of the biggest, if not the biggest, event I ever work. You know, uh, I know I, as of now it'll definitely be the biggest. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but it's exciting to be part of it. All right. Now, how do you feel about you know both guys going into this fight here? Who do you think has the edge? I think Floyd has the edge, but. You know, um, that's why you get in the ring. You know, you know, if it was up to opinions, you know, it would be different various and different results. But I think Floyd has the edge in the fight. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, executing it in the fight in the ring. And uh, see if Manny has these different wrinkles, and maybe he can uh, give Floyd some trouble. Um, I, I personally don't see it, but at the same time, if the fight does end up happening like that, and it does get exciting, and Manny's able to give Floyd trouble, then you'll have a uh, one for the ages. You know. You know, what do you think Manny Pacquiao really has to do to make it a challenge, to really threaten that zero of Floyd Mayweather? Uh, I think he needs a quick start, and he needs a, a quick start that's effective, not just a quick start, because a quick start that's not effective will just play into Floyd's hands because he'll just wear down Manny more, uh, especially that he, if he's not being effective and he's wasting a lot of energy, you know. So I think he needs a fast start, an aggressive start, but, but an effective start as well. So he would need to actually get in Floyd's mind somehow with uh, some kind of pace or some kind of punches landed or whatnot. You know, I think if he's throwing a lot of shots or wasting a lot of energy, but nothing's really happening as far as effectiveness is concerned, it's all a mirage. I mean, people will get excited about the fact that he's going crazy, but if he's not effective, it's just ultimately going to play into Floyd's hands. Uh, as the fight wears out. So I think he needs to be, the, the effectiveness of his aggression is very important early on and not just the fact that he's aggressive. Uh, and so I think uh, if he's able to be effective in some ways, then, you know, you take Floyd out of the comfort zone and you've got to fight on your hands. But if you're not able to take Floyd out of the comfort zone, then it just becomes a typical Floyd Mayweather fight and uh, you're looking at a long night for Manny Pacquiao. All right. Now, a lot of people feel that Manny Pacquiao needs to score knockouts when they can't deal with the footwork, the movement, everything that Floyd does in the ring. Do you think he can win without a KO? Um, yeah, I think he can win without a KO. I think he can, uh, you know, if he, but he's going to have to score some knockdowns and probably get in Floyd's mind to, it, to the point where Floyd's not effective uh, as the fight wears on, you know, there's doubt in Floyd's mind. And because there's doubt in Floyd's mind, you know, Manny's able to take the rounds with his activity and whatnot and punch his landed. So, you know, a, a points decision for Manny is not out of the question. Obviously, it's a, it's a long shot. Just Manny winning in general is a long shot, but but of course, it's not out of the question. All right. Now, a lot of people with the Mayweather camp, they're talking about a knockout, feeling that the way that Pacquiao jumps in, he'll get caught with a shot that he can be timed, just like the Marquez fight. Do you think if Floyd sees that opportunity, he'll go for that? Yeah, I can see Manny getting stopped, but not with one shot. I, I can see Manny getting stopped, just getting beat up, and uh, the accumulation of, of, of the beating he might take. Well, could, could cause a, a late stoppage in the fight, you know. Um, him getting time to w- jumping in will probably happen, but it's not going to result in a knockout. I don't, you know, Floyd doesn't hit that hard to uh, be able to 
get that one punch KO when Manny's jumping in like that. But of course, I don't know, Manny does jump in, it'll be one of the prices he'll pay for during the over the course of the fight, one of the mistakes he's gotta not make. He's gotta, you know, figure out ways to cut distance without jumping in and it which means again he's gotta be creative and uh, that's something that again I have had my doubts about Manny doing is being creative the way he enters the people's punch zones. It's usually a jump uh, a feint and jumping right in or just jumping right in. So so we'll see. We'll see what he does. Uh, I'm sure, you know, with, with the brains of Freddie Roach in his corner, I'm sure they've got some ideas. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting and curious to see what, how they come out and how they uh, affect this game plan that they have. All right. Now, probably most people feel this fight is not the biggest fight in boxing history, but it's definitely the most hyped. Do you think it can anyway live up to the hype at all? And do you think fans will be happy in the end? I'm not sure, you know. Um, you know, you get these kind of fights sometimes. You know, Tyson and Lewis is very hyped. Uh, the Hoya Trinidad is very hyped as well. And, they, you know, they obviously, people don't talk about them anymore because they didn't live up to the hype. You know, people seem to forget the hype they, they heap upon these kind of fights before them if the result of them is not exciting. You know, they make like they never hype them up. They, in the course of history, they never even get talked about anymore. Nobody ever talks about Lewis and Tyson or Del Hoya Trinidad, you know. But these, those fights were getting a huge amount of hype uh, similar to this, you know. And now people make like they never they never talked about them before the fight happened, you know. So, you know, guys like Leonard Hearns, though, the fights like that, you know, they they generate the hype and then they live up to it. They they go in the annals of history. So, I think it's the same situation with this fight, really. You know, if this fight lives up to the hype, it'll go down as a great fight and one of the major fights in history of boxing. If it doesn't, people will pretend they never talked about it before it happened and all, all that good stuff. You know, people uh, people are very fickle about things like that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I'll probably just get a couple more questions before I let you off the line. And being the fact that Mayweather's 38, Pacquiao's 36, we got to talk about the next generation. And you, like you said, you're with three different networks calling fights. Who are some of the stars that you see out there that maybe could carry boxing after those two are gone? Um, you know, you see a lot of guys. These guys in their primes and guys in the prospect stage, they're both, you know, doing, they're, they're doing very well right now. You know, guys reaching a, a certain level. you got guys like Keith Thurman, who's a, a very... Uh, monstrous kind of for, becoming a monstrous force at welterweight um kel brook uh amir khan you know they're still in their mid to late 20s you know so they'll be you know they'll be part of the current generation and you got guys who are a bit younger like the Charlo brothers uh you got canelo who's young um joseph diaz jr from uh with motions looks very good um i think uh and this probably uh, saddam ali obviously my friend that you know we just i, I just worked with um you know it's uh there's always young talent coming up and sprucing things up and uh, making things exciting. So I, I, I don't doubt for a second that, you know, there'll be some more exciting guys in the mix. All right. In closing, Polly, a lot of fans are excited to hear that you're coming back to sports. There's a lot of fans that just like you for your commentating. Is there any message you want to pass along to them? Uh, no. You know, just uh, I'm excited and uh, I look forward to being back in the ring. You know, I, I come back in the ring for myself, you know. I don't come back in the ring for anybody else, you know. But uh, obviously you, you love the fan support and you love uh, the loud arena, love crowd, loud crowds. I mean, it's always part of the adrenaline rush of fighting and that's, you know, one of the reasons that I do it. But um, no, no messages. Just <laughs> follow me on social media and check out my podcast with Peter Cards because it's, uh, we're getting a lot of good po- positive vibes from our podcast, uh, me and Pete. And uh, it's, uh, you can find it on play that it or on iTunes and uh you'll get a couple of laughs out of us for 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 sure you know uh we're getting a lot of positive feedback from it and everybody loves it and so if you listen to it I think I don't I think you you won't be disappointed it's called uh from Brooklyn to the world awesome awesome well Polly thank you so much for once again joining on the ropes I can tell by your voice you're just happy to you know be back 
in the sport, doing what you love doing. So I wish you all the best of that, and I look forward to seeing you call the fights this upcoming weekend. For sure, for sure. I look forward to it as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, that was Paul Imanagi discussing his comeback and also breaking down Mayweather versus Pacquiao. Um, you know, Paulie's one of those guys I've seen develop all through his career. I've seen him from a guy that used to have countless hand issues, becoming a champion, to being counted out after he lost to both Hatton and Khan, to coming back to winning a title, and him now once again being counted out. And you can tell in Paulie's voice, you know, he's back for the right reasons. He's not back for money. I mean, he he's an excellent commentator. He does it with three different networks. He doesn't ever have to box again. He has a love for the sport. He has a love for the boxing game. He wants to get in there, and he wants to win again. He wants to see what happens. He wants to win his fight upcoming against Danny O'Connor. He wants to win possibly a European title and then see what happens, see where he's at, you know, see what he can do at that point. I mean, yeah, he's 34 right now, but still he's got fast hands. He's still elusive. So anything can happen with Paul Naji, but honestly, I'm glad that he's actually coming back, that he's not going to retire on that note with Sean Porter. I mean, that was a difficult fight. He said that he suffered injuries. Um, you know, it said that it affected him for a couple of months. It's good that he's not going to end on that note. You know, he's facing a guy in Danny O'Connor who's, you know, while he's very talented, he's a guy that doesn't carry that much power in the ring. Um, and it's a guy that, honestly, Paulie should beat if he's still anywhere near the guy that he used to be. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, Danny O'Connor is a local guy. Paulie I've known for years. So um, I think it's going to be a, a very good fight, and I think it's going to be good to see Paulie Malignaggi back in the boxing ring. All right, well, let's move things now to the upcoming week's fight schedule. And that is right, Mayweather versus Pacquiao. It is finally here. We can end all the talk. We can end all the debate. These two guys are actually going to fight each other. The way it will be on Friday. The actual fight will be on Saturday. And um, as I said many times, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see these two guys square off and decide once and for all who is the best. You know, and I want to give my prediction, obviously, in a little bit right now, but I want to talk a little bit about the road each guy has had to this point here, especially the last few fights. I mean, we all know Manny Pacquiao is the, the multi-division champion, winning titles in eight divisions, you know, having beat Oscar De La Hoya, beat Ricky Hatton, having knocked out Miguel Cotto, beat the big Antonio Margarito. You know, we've seen his rise. We've seen him get to the highest reaches of the sport, and then we've also seen him at the lowest when he got knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez. Boy, the Jr., I mean, not much more you can say. The guy's 47-0. 47 have tried, 47 have failed. We've seen him in there with superstar matchups with Del Hoya, Patton, his fight with Canelo. You know, we've seen him with all sorts of opponents. And to be honest, we've only seen him tested a few times. You know, his fight with Shane Mosley, um, that was a fight that he got rocked. That was a fight that he actually had his legs buckle. That was the closest we've seen to Floyd possibly getting knocked out in a fight. You know, and if you go way, way back in his career, you have the Jose Luis Castillo fights, you know, the first one was a competitive fight. Some people felt he lost. Floyd was injured that one. But besides those, you know, he really hasn't been tested. He hasn't really been pushed. And a lot of people feel Manny Pacquiao's the guy that's going to push him, that's going to push him to the limit, that could knock him out, could finish what Shane Mosley couldn't do. So we're going to see this weekend, um, you know, two guys going into the fight. You know, we got Mayweather coming off of two fights with Madonna. First one was his most competitive fight in years. I personally scored it eight rounds to four. Madonna got in on him. Madonna put him on the ropes. Madonna roughed him up. Madonna did a lot of things people didn't expect him to do. In the second fight, Floyd put his jets on. He moved. 
He went around the ring, you know, besides one shot that he got hit with, won the fight pretty easily. He used his legs, and he won. He listened to his father's advice. He won a decisive decision. He put on a good performance, and he easily won the fight, you know, proving that he's not showing any significant signs of decline. Now we turn the things to Manny Pacquiao. You know, he's coming off of a revenge win over Timothy Bradley in a fight that, you know, early on it was looking like it was going to be a very competitive fight that Pacquiao, you know, might have problems because Timothy was boxing. And then when Timothy decided to stand there and slug, Manny Pacquiao won easily. He won the fight handily. He uh, won back his WBO welterweight title. And he moved on next to a fight with Chris Algieri. And this was the return of Manny Pacquiao's power. You know, he knocked down Chris Algieri six times, including a nice round knockdown, which was, I can only say, epic especially when you have the trainer going, we're going to let him out of the cage. We're going to let him out of the cage. This next round, you're going to see it. Manny Pacquiao is going to be knocked on the canvas. Boom! All of a sudden, we see Chris Algieri knocked down. That was the return of Pacquiao's one-punch potential KO power. So, you know, both guys have looked good going into this fight. But when it comes down to my official prediction, the one view that I always had is the better fighter is Floyd Mayweather Jr. He is the faster fighter, he's the more talented fighter, and he's the better overall boxer. And because of that, with my official prediction, I'll be taking Floyd Mayweather Jr. to win this fight. I know it's been five years in the making. And while it has taken a long time, honestly, not a lot has changed in terms of ability. Floyd is still a significantly better fighter than Manny Pacquiao is. He's more versatile and he can do more things. And also, Manny Pacquiao, he has flaws. His biggest flaw is that he fights in a rhythm, and you can time that rhythm. Just talk to Juan Miller Marquez. You can time him. When he gets into that movement, when he starts jumping in, when he starts pacing back and forth, going, trying to jump in for those shots, Boy will be able to time him, counter him, maybe even hurt him. I wouldn't be surprised to see a flash knockdown of Manny Pacquiao. But overall, I think Formula Jr. is going to outbox Manny Pacquiao and go on to a unanimous decision win. I think it's going to be somewhere around eight rounds to four. Maybe the judges could have it closer. Um, wouldn't be surprised by anything, to be honest, because we have seen fights that we thought were wide end up being, you know, scored a draw by one judge. But I honestly believe that Floyd is going to deserve a United victory. I don't know if it's going to be actually scored that way, but I believe in terms of what we're going to see in ring action, that's what it's going to deserve. I mean, will Floyd be tested at any point in this fight? It could happen. I mean, Manny Pacquiao does have good power, and he could jump in there with a real good shot and, you know, maybe stun Floyd a little bit. But we've seen Floyd stunned before, and we've seen how he comes back. In that Shane Mosley fight, he was stunned really bad twice in the second round. And from the third round to the last round, he won every single round. This is a guy that's not phased by anything. And he's usually a slow starter. Honestly, in this fight, I don't expect him to start slow. I expect him to be fully ready because, unlike his previous fights, he's watched a lot of tape of Manny Pacquiao. He knows what's on the line of this fight. He knows what it means to his legacy. I don't think he's going to take the risk. I think we're going to see a vintage performance by Floyd Mayweather Jr., and he's going to win by decision. So that's my official prediction for May 2nd, for Mayweather versus Pacquiao. I mean, you know, all the anticipation, everything that we've seen, will the fight live up to the hype? Honestly, I don't think it could possibly ever live up to the hype, but just the fact that these two guys are finally coming into the ring and facing each other, it's just good for the sport, it's good for boxing fans, and I'm glad that it's happening. All right, well, that just about does it for this week's show. I'd like to thank both my guests, Sid El-Harak and Pauli Mahanaji. It was a pleasure speaking to both of them. I'd also like to thank our show sponsor, the International Boxing Organization. 
Uh, guys, I've told you before, you can go to www.iboboxing.com. You can find out their latest champions, check out their latest rankings. You can find it all over at their website there. Also, if you want to catch up with all the latest of On The Ropes Boxing Radio, you can go to www.ontheropesboxing.com. You'll find all our latest podcasts, articles, everything to do with On The Ropes Boxing Radio. You'll find it there. You guys, just enjoy your fight weekend. You know, it's a fight you guys were waiting for for a very, very long time. So I hope that the fight will be everything that you guys want it to be. And uh, I just hope you guys enjoy the weekend's fights. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.